0: Hey everyone, I'm Chris Hall and this is the Downtime Podcast, where we're going to be taking you deeper than ever into the gravity-based side of mountain biking. Before we get stuck into this week's episode, we've got two new supporting partners this month who both have huge 20% offers for you lucky listeners. Gorewear is brought to you by the people who invented Gore-Tex, probably the most well-known and respected material in outdoor clothing, so you know their bike clothing is going to be great. Since 1985, Gorewear have been enabling us to get out on our bikes in all weather conditions in comfort. Based on quality engineering and innovation, Goreware makes technical products that last the test of time. So if you're the kind of rider who likes to get out whenever and whatever the weather, then Goreware is the one for you. A Gore Wear jacket has been a staple part of my riding pack for many years, and I've recently spent some time using their latest range, and it's really great stuff. Their new Endure jacket uses Gore Tex technology to make a jacket that's incredibly lightweight at just 272 grams, durably waterproof with their guaranteed to keep you dry promise, and highly breathable. A drop tail and an over the helmet hood provide extra riding protection, while the front pocket doubles as a stowaway pouch for easy packing. This was the jacket I chose to pack for the Stone King Rally, and I'm very glad that I did. Then there's the fern flow range which includes a super comfortable lightweight and highly breathable liner short as well as shorts and pants. The shorts utilize four-way stretch fabric for total freedom of movement and the Fernflow pants are a great option when the temperatures start to drop and you've got spray or drizzle in the air. If you want to try Goreware's latest products, then they're very kindly offering downtime listeners 20% off the entire range until the end of August 2023. Just use the code DOWNTIME20 at the checkout over on goreware.com. This offer works in both the US and EU web stores. That's downtime, all in capitals, followed by the number 20 on goreware.com. InvisiFrame is the original and best way to protect your bike so it always looks amazing and it also pays back way more than it costs when you come to sell your bike as it still looks brand new because let's face it no one likes buying a damaged bike. I've had InvisiFrame on my Cotic Rocket Max for three years now and it still looks box fresh so it was the first thing that went on my new downhill bike to stop it from picking up damage on uplifts and when I inevitably crash it. What began over 10 years ago as one person who bought a bike that they couldn't really afford and wanted to make sure it didn't get damaged has grown into the global market leader in frame protection with precision cut kits available for thousands of different bikes. InvisiFrame is the choice of many brands worldwide too to keep their demo fleets looking fresh. In fact the Santa Cruz that I took to Stone King Rally came InvisiFrame wrapped and it definitely saved it from some scratches as I sent it careering through some rocks. InvisiFrame provide kits for frames and forks in both gloss and matte finish and come delivered with everything you need in the box. I fitted my own kit and it's surprisingly easy to do. Just make sure you use plenty of water and even if you put a piece in the wrong place, you can then just easily slide it to where it needs to be. There's a great video on their website to show you how to do it, but if you don't fancy doing it yourself, then InvisiFrame have a global network of approved fitters that you'll also find on their website, invisiframe.co.uk. As a downtime listener, InvisiFrame are kindly offering 20% off everything on their website, which includes frame and fork protection and decals too, until the end of July 2023. All you need to do is to enter the code DOWNTIME20 at the checkout over on InvisiFrame.co.uk. That's downtime, all uppercase, followed by the number 20. And don't worry, the price you see is the price you'll pay as they factored in all the costs at the checkout. So head to InvisiFrame.co.uk now and get the best protection possible for your prized possession. If you find the podcast provides you some value, maybe you've learned something that's helped you with your riding or your fitness. Maybe it's just got you stoked to go riding or to come back from an injury, or maybe it's just something to pass the time when you can't be riding your bike. Then it'd be awesome if you're able to do a little something in return to help the podcast continue and improve by setting up a small regular donation via my Patreon over at patreon.com forward slash downtime podcast. That's Patreon spelt P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Big thank you to Roman Bonadell, Sam Shucksmith and Neil Townsend who joined that list of lovely Patreons this week. Also if you want to represent the podcast then there's downtime t-shirts sweatshirts and hoodies available over at downtimepodcast.com forward slash shop. Otherwise don't forget to follow the podcast to make sure you never miss an episode by hitting that button in your podcast app now or there's buttons for all the major platforms over at downtimepodcast.com forward slash follow. All the links for all of this stuff are in the show notes for this episode on downtimepodcast.com. All right, James McKnight and Ben Winder are Miss Spent Summers, the founders of a small media company that aims to bring us exciting content from the wonderful world of mountain biking. We sat down in Leagang to chat about how the company's grown and what they're doing to provide amazing content from the Mountain Bike World Cup. Hear about their current and future plans, find out why Downtime EP exists, get our thoughts on World Cup racing in 2023, and much more. So, without further ado, here's James and Ben from Miss Spent Summers. (laughs)
1: Ben Winder, James McKnight, also known as Miss Spent Summers. Welcome to the Downtime Podcast for the first time as a full Miss Spent crew. How's it going?
2: Great. Thank you very much for
1: having us. Oh, no, you bought breakfast. So uh, that's much appreciated. <laughs> I can't get to the shop because I don't have any form of transport and it's too far away. So you've uh, given me coffee and you fed me cereal. So Bought our way into this. You, b- <laughs> <laughs> you bought your way in with kindness. <laughs> it's worked. <laughs> um, well, yeah, so Miss Spent Summers. Let's just get a little bit of... Um, history first off just uh james maybe just take us briefly through what is misspent summers and like how did it all come about i mean that there is a podcast with you from two or three years ago if people want to get the full story but
3: uh yeah just get a quick recap yeah i think we did the podcast in 2020 it was uh during lockdown i believe uh was it Yep, i remember yeah well (laughs) um we've been trying for a while haven't we to describe what misspent summers is in in a few <laughs> words, but it's quite hard. But I actually asked a friend recently and said, "Oh, it's it's easy. It's a multimedia company." Like, okay, Ooh, sounds fancy. Sounds like quite professional. <laughs> um, but that is what we do. We do print and online stuff about mountain biking mainly. Yeah. yeah. Um, started in twenty sixteen. Yeah. Following the downhill World Cup in a print volume, a yearbook did it sort of part-time for a few years and then more recently it's become our job and we've got more people on board. Yeah. Um, how do we describe what we do? I don't know. We're just big <laughs> fans of mountain biking. We try and inspire people to ride bikes. Yeah. Sounds cheesy. And we try to record the history of uh, the downhill enduro World Cups.
1: Nice. Let's get a quick bit of background on both of you guys as well. Ben, maybe we'll start with you. Like your both of you like there's a there's roots in dirt magazine right tell us just a little bit about like your path through the industry to where you are now
2: well i, I basically grew up inside the dirt magazine office <laughs> were you born there <laughs> uh, almost <laughs> i'm next door to it yes <laughs> sorry it's all right? um yeah i grew up and bikes were always part of well dirt, dirt magazine was always part of my Growing up. Yeah. My youth. Yeah. And then as I got a driving licence, I started doing stuff at Dirt Magazine. Yeah. Uh cleaning bikes, um, making tea. <laughs> nice. Which slowly developed into doing some more photography. Okay. Website bits. Yeah. And video.
1: Was James working there at the time? Is that how
3: you guys met or
2: We did meet at Dirt Magazine. Yeah. Um
3: I was floating in and out, I think. Okay. Yeah. For quite a while. Because I was living sort of in various places abroad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. floating in and out of the office I guess and also just doing lots of stuff for the mag and I think that's how we met on a photo shoot when Ben was actually about
2: 12. Yeah that was uh... <laughs> yes. <laughs>
3: awesome and then you've been
1: doing like photography ever since Ben yeah. for various teams and loads of projects kind of around the industry.
2: Pretty much after Dirt Magazine's demise I then started to do more team team filming yeah and last year I did some team photography yeah for cross-country um yeah
1: so was it mostly photography like more than the words side of things more than the writing side for you yeah 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 yeah,
2: exactly yeah that's always been my main interest and studied photography at university
1: yeah and you're now based in finale yeah
2: yeah exactly what led you there mountain biking the okay endless summer pretty much
1: (laughs) yeah perfect (laughs) season all year long
2: yeah i was living in the alps for a little bit before okay but the winter was a little bit grim there. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, James, yeah. what about you?
3: bit of background? Well, I just thought I was going to say, we, Ben sort of um, lived a little bit with um, Morgan and, and me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we might have put him off for uh, the winter a little bit with cross-country skiing. <laughs> <laughs> like and he just <laughs> ran away. Fair <laughs> enough. Went to my warmer where he doesn't <laughs> have to ski. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, uh, background,
1: did you say? Yeah, just a bit of like the dirt history and then how you've ended up kind of where you are.
3: Yeah, I mean, I grew up riding bikes, did a ton of downhill racing and then a bit of enduro racing, did one or two cross-country races in my dark past. Yeah, full lycra? No, (laughs) flat flat pedals uh, and just like a t-shirt. Yeah, good work. Uh, Then did mountain bike guiding, sort of supplement everything that I was doing and so I could travel around and be a bike bum. Yeah. Did a lot of writing as soon as I sort of left school and was traveling a lot. I was just trying to write stuff for various websites and that turned into doing stuff for Dirt Mag. Um, Still do stuff for various other websites and Mm -hmm. things like that as well. Really like writing, that's my thing. And riding bikes. Yeah. Um, That's about it. What what
1: else Yeah, so your partner's Morgan Shah yep also fairly good at bikes
3: She's uh <laughs> much better than me at bikes, yeah. <laughs> how how did you guys meet and then end up living where you are now uh she actually dropped into the dirt office when i was there once and we kind of met then but just sort of said hello and then i ended up going on a road trip in france met with her then and rest history <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we've been together for 10 years ish yeah um Uh, and yeah it's pretty amazing to see to live with someone like that who's a professional athlete Uh, having tried to do some mountain bike racing myself just to see the difference between what my attempt at racing looked like (laughs) and how someone does it properly yeah Um, it's always pretty pretty humbling yeah but pretty inspiring yeah um, yeah. pretty motivating as well
1: nice um and you live in the french alps now like sort of between chamonix and leisure is that right
3: yeah, so we live up on the top of a hill, about 40 minutes from Chamonix, 20 minutes from Samoan, Yeah. 20 minutes from Leger, so we've got tons of good riding on the doorstep, um, and yeah, tons of kind of natural, just hand-cut tracks in the woods, yeah, with loads of um, altitude drop. Perfect. So yeah, it's pretty good.
1: Yeah, good stuff. And so like you say, it started off with Hurley Burley, which is the downhill yearbook, and then it's kind of expanded over the years and got more and more out of hand um <laughs> that followed up with world stage book which
3: is the enduro book what when was the first year of that how long have you been doing that one now hurley burley so downhill year book the first one was in 2016 yeah. and the first enduro book was in 2017 okay oh so it's very so quick quite coming a while. behind yeah, yeah it came straight straight along so yeah started off with hurley burley didn't really have a clue how that would go it went quite well yeah really well like mind-blowingly well compared mm-hmm. to what we expected and then in thats sort a of rolled into 2017 suddenly then there was there are quite a few opportunities to do other projects like death grip book um escapee yeah. yeah yeah um which is a which is a beautiful sort of photo project mm-hmm. website um the australian photographer damien breach started up and we sort of then got really involved in, and we did these print projects for that. And we've been trying to continue the online side of that. Uh We haven't quite managed that yet. So I rolled into all these different opportunities. Um, But the staple along the way has been the downhill book and the Enduro book. Yeah. And we've kind of been freestyling a little bit as we go and we're sort of seeing what else works. Um, But those, like I said, those have become the sort of basis of our company. Yeah. Um, and now we're sort of stabilizing and trying to build up other stuff around that, that yeah. people like. Cool.
1: Yeah. So you did, you did some slightly different stuff through that whole like COVID lockdown phase. Ben, tell us a bit about spent cause that was a, a very different project, I guess, from like the yearbook stuff.
2: Yeah, exactly. That's, um, I guess it's everything we think is great about mountain biking outside of racing. That is. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, Super fun project to work long on, um, full of features about biking and building trails. Yeah, um, interviews with people that yeah, outside of racing, pretty much. Yeah, definitely. And it, it's
1: like a totally different format. Very thick, very small, kind of really interesting pro- product mm-hmm. to have on the bookshelf and and to look through and read. And it felt like that was maybe like a one-off back then because of like all the chaos of uh, the covid year but it's coming back is that right
2: that is true yes <laughs> excellent <laughs> we're working on it as we speak yeah um uh, which is super exciting same yeah. format again yeah maybe a centimeter or two bigger okay but
3: yeah big scoop big scoop yeah. Yeah. big scoop spent might grow bigger
1: <laughs> <laughs> do it? do you think spent might become part of like the annual
2: process for you guys yeah 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 definitely yes that's, that's I, where we're heading with it i think
3: i keep coming out with cheesy stuff but um it's sort of the fabric <laughs> of what we are isn't
1: it yeah, I was gonna yeah so it summarizes where mountain biking's at i guess as a sport rather than ju- just the racing side of things like, yeah at least from amazing. our
3: point of view it's our vision of what mountain biking is and what yeah. we like in mountain biking yeah. so it's a little bit freestyle a little bit um chaotic at times, that's our personal twist. Um, um, I think we described it as a sort of again, this sounds really terrible, but a sort of little compendium of mountain biking, I suppose. So, I don't know what that means, uh, just a load of stuff about bikes. Um, but yeah, I guess like we, we both, yeah, we were kind of like embedded in that whole dirt thing and grew up with it and inspired by it, and yeah, that's probably influenced our vision of mountain biking a lot yeah so that's carries over to spent a bit but then we've also got our own twist i suppose to it so it's yeah it's yeah a little bit freestyle isn't it Mm -hmm. there's definitely like a
1: feeling of dirt aesthetic coming into it but it feels like it's dirt 2023 rather than like taking dirt what it what year did dirt finally finish 2015 15 seven years ago april Eight years ago. Well, you remember it's ingrained, right? <laughs> yep. A sad, a sad day. Can remember the meeting. <laughs> yeah, that must have been pretty yeah. horrible. Eh? A
3: Few tears were shed.
1: Yeah, I bet it's a big deal. Yeah, it's pretty horrible. A, a massive loss. I think there's still a lot of people that feel that 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 loss from the the sport and the industry. But yeah, it's
3: cool to have something, something back in print. It's a funny thing as well, going on a total tangent here, but um, obviously the bike industry is in a bit of a funny place at the moment with yeah. um, too much stock of stuff and people getting laid off and same in even like it's not really related to that but in the media side of things as Mm -hmm. well keep seeing people getting let go and things like that yeah um we've kind of experienced that with the dirt thing where a a suit a suit comes down from london and calls up a meeting and tells everyone that they're fired Uh, or that the thing that they do doesn't exist anymore yeah in effect everyone's fired because of that it's pretty horrible Uh, yeah pretty brutal um so yeah Kind of seeing that in the bike industry a bit at the moment, and, yeah, yeah, feel for those people who might have lost their jobs recently, yeah, totally. there is a lot of it going on has it has
1: it impacted you guys much or has it been pretty consistent? It's hard to say because, um
3: I mean obviously yeah, the way it might impact us is advertising revenue, yeah, because our books we we're about fifty fifty with advertising revenue and sales of stuff, I guess okay, I kind of like enjoy. product sales product sales yeah. 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 Um, so we do sort of rely on that it's not our goal our goal would be to be completely funded by uh, people buying our stuff I think because we want to be as in- independent as possible but uh-huh. at the same time we want to provide something that's affordable Yeah, that's why we have advertising because yeah. otherwise it would just cost a ridiculous amount for someone to buy a book um, but it's hard to say because we've got lots of our company's been developing over the years so we've grown, maybe we would have grown more and had more advertising if uh, if the industry was in a better state. but So it's hard to say because it has, it's got better for us. It hasn't got worse. That's good. Yeah. It's so. really good. Yeah.
1: How big is the team now, Ben? Because it was just the two of you for quite a long time trying to just make it work and also doing other jobs. Like you yeah. were doing a lot of photography, James. You were writing for many other people as well. So it was a bit of a, a part-time thing. But that started to shift, eh?
2: Yeah. So it's been... Quite, for quite a long time, it's been myself and James doing the things behind the scenes and actually controlling or organising what happens. But there's always been quite a few designers that we've been working with uh-huh. and the photographers and writers. Yeah. But now it's, it has developed into quite a lot of regular work for the designers. Yeah. So we have three that are almost, well, pretty pretty much part-time. Yeah. Um. We have we've got Marcella now, yeah. Who you met recently? Yeah, yeah. She's she's helping us out with some editing and organising projects. Nice, which is great. Yeah. Um, we've got Theo as well. He's helping us with strategy and making our company a, a real thing. Sounds serious. <laughs> big, big words. Big yeah. words. <laughs> strategy. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um. Yeah, and he's yeah just keeping us on track. Okay, which is. Very helpful. Yeah. And also Archie. Yeah. Who's social mediaing and soon to be running the company, I think. <laughs> he's the one. He's the up-and-comer. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Marcella and Archie, between them, they'll be running it in no time. Yeah. They'll yeah. have done a
3: buyout or something and uh, yeah. moved yeah. you guys out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they'll just be like, this thing's hopeless with these two. <laughs> <laughs> out the <helm>. so, <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Yeah. yeah.
1: So that's a pretty big crew now, yeah. Yeah. How does that feel? Because you've gone from... Very much a passion project, I guess, like making your livings kind of elsewhere to something now where you're pretty all in on it, I suppose. And you've, you've also got like, I guess, a responsibility to those people to like keep the work coming in and keep the mm-hmm. the wolf from the door, so to speak.
2: Yeah, well, it's super exciting. I mean, that's coming to the events this year is the first time we've done it solely for Miss Spent Summers. Yeah. Which is uh, that's a massive step and just we can lurk around <laughs> <laughs> well yeah because last people. year
1: you were running around you were shooting for the canyon cross-country team last year yep. literally like literally running around all weekend trying to get all the shots exactly and cramming Miss misspent summers bits here and there so yeah
2: so after after editing all the photos i'll then be writing something or <laughs> replying to emails so this year it's much more um, not much more, a little bit more relaxed. <laughs> yeah, and, and and
1: it's showing, I think, in the content. So yeah, you've definitely, I think it started last year a bit, but this year you've really gone all in on in the way that you sort of support and cover the whole World Cup series. Give us a bit, James, maybe some insight into like what it is you're trying to do there because if people aren't already following that and subscribing to the newsletters and stuff, there's loads of great stuff in there.
3: I think with most of what we do, we kind of just do it because we want to or it's something we want to see that doesn't that we can't necessarily that we can't find elsewhere yeah um and then that accidentally becomes part of what we actually do all the time <laughs> yeah you just create more work for yourselves basically. Always. yeah we yeah. love rods yeah back um, <laughs> yeah so i mean we it's a funny one because we sort of keep diversifying and then like i said the Daniel and enduro books always remain this kind of base of our company um and we, like we said we are right what we do on bikes ourselves is adventures riding bikes having fun messing about we're not into like racing or being competitive when we go riding i don't think um maybe ben is a bit but um <laughs> <laughs> with well, his future marathon career exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. we'll talk about that later <laughs> um but as fans we're massive fans of downhill racing enduro racing cross-country racing um so the more we can do around that the better because it's we love we love covering it and we also love the work that a lot of the photographers are doing here so we love giving them hopefully a bit of a place to show off their work as well yeah which kind of is really important i think these days because
1: most stuff gets scrolled past in like point one yeah. of a second yeah yet the works not getting any worse it's probably getting better like yeah, the it's, imagery it's is incredible and it's great crazy. that you guys provide a place for it to be seen properly i guess
3: and the work that sven boris and seb do who are kind of three of our well they're the key key photographers that we work with and they're they do way more work than we could ever pay them for uh-huh. um their work's absolutely ridiculously good yeah um so yeah we kind of try to create this place online as well to to show off their work because not everyone wants to buy a book some people just want to see stuff online yeah some people want a bit of both and they want a bit more from us um so yeah we started doing these newsletters and online zines that we call them last last year Mm -hmm. which is basically a roundup of well the newsletters go out before an event and they're kind of notes about what's happening and a little bit of insight and track side gossip yeah that sort of thing but beautifully designed it's not just like a, a written thing you've got all the design and the imagery and everything in there. it looks like yeah, a page like from a magazine everything that we do we try we try and make it efficient and easy but we just can't because <laughs> <laughs> we just want to make it look really good yeah and we want to do justice to everyone's work so we always want it to be look beautiful which means some design which means that it's more difficult to put together than just whacking a load of stuff in a MailChimp template yeah. and sending out a newsletter. So, uh, or whacking it on the website. Um, yeah, so we do a couple of different things from from these events now. And we keep changing it up a little bit and seeing what people like, seeing what we get feedback, good feedback from. Yeah, And now we've kind of settled into this rhythm of these notes, emails going out before the event, um, a few bits and bobs going out on social media during the event, um, which we'll come back to. They're done a little bit differently, hopefully, to what you might see elsewhere on social media. Yeah. And then we put out these um, reports on the website after the event, which are, like you said, instead of just photos and words, they're design photos and words. Yeah. So they look a little bit different. Um, Take us absolutely ages to put together. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) You can see the love that goes into it. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes we, you know, well, we see the numbers, you know, not as many people as we'd like look at them at the moment. Okay. But like we said, we can't. So in effect we could say, Oh, we just need to make this efficient, do a quick job of it and get it out to people. Yeah. It's not your style. But though, that's is not it? what we do. We want it to look beautiful. Yeah. Um and make the sport look cool as well, hopefully. Yeah. Instead of just yeah, like you said, just kind of these unloved things chucking them out there. We want to do it justice. Definitely. Seems to be working. You've got Sven,
1: like his sort of post race chats with the athletes as well, they're getting posted. Is that that seems to be coming through social now, yeah, through the Instagram stuff. Yeah, so that's sort of our social
3: media side is that Sven, again, who just loves the sport, he does it as a job, but, you know, if he he wasn't doing it for a job, he'd still still be out here (laughs) doing all the same things uh, because he absolutely loves it. So he does all these interviews with riders um, in between taking photographs of basically everybody. Um, Yeah, his work rate is incredible. I eh? don't know how he does it all. And he manages still to get these
1: interviews over to us. And he has a great relationship with all of the riders as well. He's been a, such a big part of the scene for so long and a rider himself and world yeah. cup level com- competitor. Um, yeah. that, that friendship I think comes across that like people are pretty open with him and he gets, he gets the, the insight for sure.
3: Yeah. We're so lucky Sven and Anka, his wife, who both had completely, you know, part of the fabric of, uh, definitely the gravity side of mountain biking. Yeah. Um, so they're really sort of invested in our company as well yeah um like i don't think we could overstate how lucky we are that they actually do stuff for us um because they help drive everyone towards our company as well um and give us a bit of a better reputation so that's cool
1: yeah how's it been going ben getting those things out it must be uh, a big amount of hours for you guys over the weekend like how are you fitting it all in
2: We'd, yeah we, we're trying uh, <laughs> um i mean we it's much less work for us than the photographers okay yeah we just received a message from sven and he he was in bed at five o'clock this morning and up shooting again on the hill at eight eight thirty yeah? message came in at seven o'clock so yeah. two hours sleep for him <laughs> that was a huge day for them on the hill yesterday
1: the the if you were shooting enduro, it didn't finish till podiums were like half nine mm. last night. Then you got to go home, ingest all the files, do all your editing, get it everywhere that all the teams need it before you go to bed. Yeah, and then you're up on the hill for eight thirty practice.
2: Yeah, exactly. So they fair play. They yeah they've they've got it much more difficult than we do. Uh-huh. You know, we we just sit at our computers and <laughs> try and make it look pretty. Fair enough. Um, um, yeah, but it's you know we've also got Archie helping out with. Getting the social media stuff yeah out there, so we've got a bit of a team and slowly figuring out a process for each of these. Cool, and working out what takes us too long, yeah. So that we yeah. can get it out quickly. You are, and yeah, you are you
1: are getting it out like in a very timely manner. I would say where where can people find all this stuff? So there's at Miss Spent Summers for the Instagram. Yeah, uh, MissSpentSummers dot com for the all the website based stuff. How do they get onto the newsletter? Because that's worth doing, right?
2: Um, on the at the bottom of our website, okay. there's a sign up is there? Yeah, sign up. Excellent. Um and then you get your the notes newsletter. Yeah. Before every every World Cup of this year. <laughs> Just <laughs> look before. Look on your faces before hopefully. <laughs> if all goes well. Yeah. Um yeah. So sign up on there. Um Yeah. And we are also posting those on the website. Okay. Um now. Very cool. Yes, yeah,
1: you can definitely see the the level of your World Cup coverage this year has massively stepped up. So that that time that you guys have been able to create by not doing other projects and being here is paying off. I think
3: one of the big differences as well, like having um, Marcella and Theo, yeah, who are also working for us. So Marcella's taking care of the commissions and stuff like that for the books. So the books are you know work being done at the moment. Whereas yeah. Normally we we get sidetracked like we, like with an idea. Like, do, let's do a newsletter, and then that becomes, like I said, that becomes something that we do suddenly. Yeah. That's added to our workload. And sometimes we get carried away, and then we're at these events and we're doing stuff, or we're not even, or even when we're not at them, sometimes we're doing stuff from afar yeah. on the computers, and we'll be flat out on a week suddenly gone by. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the books haven't necessarily progressed anywhere, but they are the basis of our company. Um, and the difference this year is that they're actually someone, Marcella's actually doing them. Yeah. So while we're getting distracted, continually, like we always do, <laughs> she's keeping it pro and making sure that all the commission's coming in, talking to like all the contributors, um, so loads of writers who are at these races or contributing to other books like Spent or EP that we do with you. Yeah. Um, making sure that, that we're still getting commissions coming in um, while we're out here doing stuff.
1: That's say So yeah, the, the books are going to come out much sooner after the season this year. Because they're already kind of after every round they're getting done and just added to, which is a very good idea. You guys are going to do like a bundle, like an early, early bird buy of the books this year. Is that right?
2: Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. This is That's going to happen. <laughs>
1: committed. It's on tape.
2: Yeah. That is the goal is to try and sell them throughout the season. Yeah. As pre-orders uh-huh. with um, a special edition T-shirt. Ah, nice. some... Other little bits. Some sort
1: of incentive. Yeah, yeah.
2: Which hopefully will be launched within next week or so.
1: Okay, so by the time this comes out, it should be ready to go. And that'd be, be com, I guess. Exactly. Yeah, that's cool. Nice yeah. Christmas presents as well for anyone. Mm-hmm. Well, they can be way before Christmas, right? When does it? Oh, mind you, the season ends in October, <laughs> doesn't it? In the, the ski race in Montsantown.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so they'll be out a fair bit earlier than normal. Yeah. Um, we Because we, we usually get them out i think we turn them around in a record time is what we normally do whereas this year we're doing them during the season so that we can just do a little bit of work at the end um and then go straight to print and that's something that like i said theo's who's working for us who's a friend of ours um and he's much more intelligent than us (laughs) he's helping just actually plan stuff out yeah and just have some targets and one of the main things that he's been saying for ages is it just needs to be out as soon as the season ends, which for us sometimes, I mean I guess it's kind of sometimes there's awkward truths, and like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I don't want to hear that, but you're right, yeah no, yeah, so we have to we have to expect accept that, and then that's turned into a plan, and like I said, with Marcella doing stuff, that's really helping, um and the designers working on stuff during the summer as well. Um, so that they don't suddenly have like a couple of months of just uh, no sleep, basically. Yeah. Trying to put stuff together for these books. Makes everyone's lives better, right? Yeah. And hopefully then we can tell the story of the books as we're doing them as well. Because it's, I think it's pretty interesting what goes into these things. Mm-hmm. And most of the people who sort of follow our company are probably interested in seeing what actually happens behind the scenes. Yeah. So it gives us a bit of a chance to talk about it while we're doing it. Instead of just, again getting to the end of the season then suddenly having to do all the work going completely offline for a couple (laughs) of months basically no one hearing from us uh, and then suddenly putting the books out there yeah we'll be able to actually talk about them a bit more
1: yeah show some of the creative process a bit and yeah that's because they're like what how long are these books 100 and odd pages more than
3: 260 plus yeah yeah they've just grown and grown over the years big pieces Um, of work yeah, to the point where it's actually getting awkward with shipping, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, shipping's tricky. Well, everything's
1: gone up, right? And print costs have gone up, paper costs have gone up, like shipping costs have gone up. It's it's hard to keep, like you said, keep these things at a competitive price, which I guess is where the like the advertising comes in and helps out.
3: We well, asked about challenges earlier, yeah, and that's definitely one of them. Is just that everything's not crept up in price, but shot up in price recently. Yeah, uh, with paper cost, um, electricity. Um and staffing. So like for actually going to print, it's crazy how much more expensive it is now. Um yeah. so Hurley Burley has grown in page count. Yeah. So that's part of why it's crept up. Well part of why it's more than it was when we first started doing it, but it's I think I think it's triple what it was three years ago, I think we worked out, wasn't it? For Whoa. print. So yeah, massive, massive, massive increase. It's a huge change and uh, yeah
1: you guys aren't like looking for the cheapest possible printer right you're doing it like with people that are you know doing doing a good ethical job and yeah. all of that sort of stuff so
3: yeah we care about that it's got to fit into our vision of how stuff should be done it's got to be competitive pricing but not cheap yeah we're not going for cheap we're going for best price um we work with cambrian printers in wales who are really good for that great great quality uh the price. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah, there
1: you go. And you pay and you pay your contributors properly as well, right? There are quite a lot of I guess it's a competitive market, right? It's a cool thing to work in mountain biking and lots of people are willing to, you know, give photographs or writing or whatever for nothing or very little. But you guys always go out of your way to make sure you're paying people properly, I think.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> I mean we'd of course like to pay people more as well. Cause we think the work that they do is incredible yeah, and they're yeah. best in their fields. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we try our hardest to pay as much as we can.
3: Yeah. Doing things right from the start. Mm. So we've started, um, just being indulgent and paying ourselves a little bit this year as well. No way. Yeah. For the first we, time. That's also part of having someone cleverer than us. Okay. Uh, come in and just, uh, is this us Chris that, from accounts, <laughs> Chris from accounts is helping a lot as well. Um, Chris Davey. Thank you, Chris. Um, But also, yeah, Theo is sort of telling us that we need to treat ourselves with a little bit of respect probably as well instead Uh of working ourselves to the bone. Because if we want to be able to pay all these great contributors, we've got to be able to keep doing it long term. Yeah, for sure. Build on a plan, build an idea. So yeah, just trying to make it a little bit more of a real company without losing the reason that people want to work with us and want to buy our stuff. Um, And that's where, so Theo's in to help with that. Yeah, to try and keep what
1: Miss Bent Summers is all about but exactly. but make it more profesh- professional? Is that the right word, I don't know. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. No, we don't want that.
2: Hopefully, hopefully more long-lasting. <laughs> long-lasting, I like that. That's yeah. that's the goal, so we don't just end up burnt out and yes, unable to continue.
3: Yeah, fair comment. Like I said, I think at the start it's we've read quite a lot of stuff about media and stuff and it's like if the place that you want to work for doesn't exist, you create it yourself, which is how we've accidentally started running our company. And like you said, having a bit of actual responsibility to people. Um, And I think at times we've kind of come in late, got work from people, they've rushed it out. And then maybe we've struggled to sort of, I don't know, we always respect people with their pay and stuff like that, but as much as we can, but sometimes it's a little bit of a mess. So, and if we want people to be able to do this long term, we have to sort of be a little bit more professional. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, if we want all our, the people who contribute to our stuff to be able to do what they do, we've got to be able to pay them well yeah. as well as we can and as long term as we can, so that they can rely on us a little bit as well. So yeah, definitely know that the work's coming, and because yeah. otherwise people will pick up other work, right? And you lose the exactly the people is, that you really want to work with. Yeah, and that's total, we totally understand that, and that's what I guess that's probably what everyone's fear running a company is that they're best people or which for in our case is everyone who works for us <laughs> because they're all amazing <laughs> they go and do other work and if even if they love what we do if we can't pay them and they need to eat yeah, yeah and pay their rent then you can't blame them for doing that so we're trying to build it into a little bit more of a real company so that we can actually um give them some reliable pay nice
1: it's good man i like it i like where it's heading you mentioned distractions earlier and i provided one of those a few years ago by getting in touch and saying "Uh, ever thought about doing a magazine based on a podcast (laughs) should we talk about ep yeah go on then yeah (laughs) well yeah i mean i think i approached you with the concept because i knew you through the podcast i don't think i'd met ben at that point um
3: yeah where did this all start james give us give us some thoughts where did it start? Well, I mean, there's loads of incredible um, stories being told um, through your podcast and we've always loved it and thought it's kind of, it's really hard. We hate saying best because there's loads of good work out there. There is know? loads, yeah. It's like probably our favourite podcast out there for mountain Viking. Thank you. Um, probably well you know <laughs> has like to say I that. said <laughs> <laughs> right stop the recording <laughs> no you know we don't want to offend you right? it's, it's no, absolutely brilliant yeah there is loads of great podcasts the way that you research stuff and present it um, let the people that you're interviewing tell their story and you just dip in with a little bit of uh, information or a little prompt we've really respected that and it's so pro And um, I think you try and you aim for doing this the best you possibly can, and you're probably very similar to how we do stuff. Um, So I guess it was kind of a bit of a bit of a dream, wasn't it? To before you actually asked, it Uh was like if we could do something with any podcast, it would be with you. Nice. And then you mentioned doing a print project, print collab. And that's kind of probably what we had in mind anyway. Uh so it was a no brainer. And that was basically taking the the sort of whole 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 sort of subject of downtime podcast and turning it into something in print without just transcribing interviews. Yeah. It's taking a little bit from what you do and turning it into a little bit more in print, so offering someone a bit more if they love the podcast already
1: yeah or if they love gravity-based mountain bike and i think like exactly even if you don't listen to the podcast hopefully it provides something fresh in the like gravity mountain bike content i hope so area. yeah
3: and also there's not that many i mean there's, there's quite a lot of print magazines out there still yeah a lot of them are kind of on the decline you see the paper quality getting worse, the page count getting worse, the price is still going up. Yeah. Number of adverts in there just filled with them and you kind of think, well, oh, it's a hard buy, but that doesn't mean that people don't want print stuff regularly. Yeah. I think our yearbooks are a different category because they kind of fall into the pure coffee table book. Uh-huh. But we always wanted to do something a bit more regular to add in to that as well. Um, I think with the with downtime EP... Which is what it ended up being called. Yeah. We thought that we might end up creating something bi monthly. Yeah. And then we we're kind of like, okay, let's start with two a year. Yeah, let's bite let's <laughs> off <There's> less <laughs> than we can chew for starters. <laughs> and it's turned out that's probably quite good, actually. Yeah. And that's probably quite a good number of, for people because we get to put loads of time and effort into it. And it's somewhere between coffee table book and that sort of regular magazine. Yeah. Um, and people seem to love it who get it. Um, yeah, it's been popular so far, eh? Yeah, we'd love more people to get it, for sure. Always. Yeah. Um we'd love more industry support. Yeah, always, but that's our job to make it uh something that people want to buy into. Yeah. Um so there we go. Yeah, Ben, it's been a bit of a labour of
1: love getting it all together though, eh? Like it it took a while to get the format and get all the artwork and everything together, but it feels like we're getting into a bit of a bit of a swing with it now, I think
2: yeah definitely um you know we've it's it's we have our regular features now as well, which yeah. we we know what we're doing for those um it's James that thinks the same with sue it's really enjoyable to work on this yeah um you know we can research some of the topics that you cover in the podcast and go in a bit more depth
1: yeah definitely we've um got some great people involved in it as well like. Uh, daisy from uh, anthill films has been one of the people that's got on board with it and written some incredible articles on uh diversity concussion all sorts of stuff which has been really cool and it's, it's it's ace to see this stuff in print i think some of these bigger issues and topics that maybe aren't that glossy and easy to present but getting a bit more coverage of that sort of stuff's been kind of cool i think
2: yeah yeah definitely i mean that's that's the other thing that's brilliant about it is that that sort of feature wouldn't fit in with our regular yearbooks hurry burly and it's we actually can give it quite a lot of space
3: yeah um and it doesn't really fit in with many other people's mm, uh, yeah. sort of yeah. offerings either i think that's and that's what is uh rewarding doing these things as well is that hopefully it helps develop what you know better photography better writing yeah um by giving them a place a uh, place to put their work.
1: Yeah, and it forwards the discussion as well, I think, on some of these issues yeah. and topics that are pretty important. And it's been cool. I think it like I mean I love doing the podcast. And I think there's like you say, there's some amazing stories from all these different people. But like an example for me is the Martin Whiteley interview that we've so we we featured two of the the interviews from the like last six months in each one in a format where we can add pictures and make it all look really, really nice. And it's so cool with the Martin Whitley one to like see all the images from back in the day, like global racing and like Minar on the Honda and all this kind of stuff. Like for me, yeah, picking up that and being able to see the podcast added to with all this cool imagery and stuff, just it feels awesome every time 3D. I pick it up. Yeah, three D podcast. Yeah, amazing.
3: But it's good. I know we've said this. We we always felt that it's, we love all the topics that you cover in the podcast and to be able to build on those uh, is an honour so there we go
1: thank you um, it's been but well, and it's fun working with you guys right like I do this on my own at the moment and uh, maybe one day I'll have a huge empire like you guys have got <laughs> but um, yeah it's nice to actually work with other people to be fair because I sit on my own doing this and it's real I don't know how you found when it was just the two of you but it's very easy to be quite I find it very easy to be overcritical of my work and to sort of get lost and wonder if I'm doing the right thing and uh you kind of know like where i'm going with it all and so having that involvement with you guys and people that are like a good few steps ahead of me and sort of growing a a business within the mountain bike world it's been super nice for me to have that contact i think and like have friendly faces at races and stuff like that and yeah so it's been it's been proper nice for me too
3: yeah, you've got to work with other people like, yeah. that's what we're lucky that we ben and i great friends and we managed to work together all the time and we our kind of ideas align but then we're also not scared to challenge each other as well yeah um so i think like i always think that sometimes i try and rush like rush stuff out and then ben says that's not that's not what we do or <laughs> well, you know that's that's not to scratch yeah and he's not scared of saying that and that's really invaluable yeah, definitely. And then I go, off, oh, yeah, what was I thinking? Uh, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and being able to just talk about the challenges of running a company with someone else is invaluable. Yeah.
2: Good to stay motivated and realize you can you, you get stuck in your own little world very easily. 100%. And sometimes just a second opinion. Yeah. And quite you, helpful.
1: You guys have, you're in demand as well, right? There's a lot of uh, brands within the industry that want something done in print and, you are the go-to guys for that now is it hard to say no because i'm guessing you can't say yes to every opportunity coming your way these days
2: very hard to say no yes. <laughs> <laughs> because none of them are bad opportunities right they all sound brilliant and it's just well this is one thing that theo has helped us with as well yeah it's just saying, look you've already got all of these things happening in the next six months so yeah you have to tell this person it will happen at this point uh-huh before, we would have probably just said
1: yes. <laughs> well, this is it. You need the money. Like The business is
3: growing. You're not paying yourself a mm-hmm. salary at that point. It's hard. It's really hard to turn down income, yeah? Mm-hmm.
2: yeah? Yeah, totally.
3: And because they all just sound like exciting projects. We never think... Ben and I are terrible at thinking about money. <laughs> we just think about what it sounds like. Great, we want to do that. And we want to create this thing. And we just dive straight into it. Uh, and then, like we said, other projects... Then, do well, then we get put on hold, they just it just all turns into night shifts, doesn't it, for, for yeah. eternity? Yeah. Uh, and like I said, we need to actually make what we do sustainable so that we can keep contributing to people's
1: uh, livelihoods. Yeah, I feel like I'm in that position at the moment. Like, all of last year, everything I got asked to do just got better and better. So it's like there's never a point where, oh, that's not a particularly amazing opportunity, I'll say no. And then you get to the point where you're like, how does all this fit into my life anymore? Um, which is a good, it's a good problem to have. But yeah, I feel like I'm definitely a couple of years behind you guys on that curve of a growing business or hopefully growing business. No, I we
3: said we'd like, when brands come to you and say, we want you to do this, it's amazing and flattering uh, and hard to say no. Yeah. But then we've also got these brilliant products already with EP, Hurley Burley and the World Stage. Yeah. Those sort of key products um, and spend that we're working on again that we generally in the past, like we said, we've, we've done all this massive amount of work, got them out on market, and then we're completely knackered or we're going back to other jobs. Um, so we probably don't promote them as much as we should do. And uh-huh. sometimes it feels like we've done loads. And then we look back at our social media output or our newsletters and we're like, oh, we only did one newsletter or and two social media posts for the launch of our yearbook for like one of your biggest products yeah. exactly and we've worked we, ourselves to the bone like doing this and then we you don't talk about afterwards it afterwards yeah. that we've hardly done it it feels like we've talked about it loads because we've been in this massive flurry and we've been speaking to customers on emails and stuff like that um, so yeah trying to slow it down and we do already do all the work for those books and if we could just get more of them out there <laughs> yeah yeah, then we could yeah bring in more uh, revenue yeah without doing twice the amount of work.
1: This is it, yeah. This is what we're doing at the moment. Yeah, and then the business really starts to become sustainable. Exactly. Yeah. And I guess we're saying we've just opened the subscriber area for downtime subscribers. Thanks to everyone, to be fair, that supports Downtime EP. That really helps, and it's something we want to grow for sure. Ben, you've been behind the creation of the subs area. Just tell us a bit about that and the thinking behind it.
2: Well, yeah, I mean... Thank you, everyone, for EP subscribers. That's brilliant. Um, I mean, I'm, I've, we've all spoken about the subs area together and it's been developed. I've just been on the computer <laughs> tapping away, <laughs> trying to make it work. Um, so we've recently just launched, maybe a few days ago, where it was um, the digital versions of each of the EPs, which is the first time we've created a digital version of our books. Yeah. We had a few people when we launched EP2 asking why there wasn't a digital version. Mm-hmm. And it's something we haven't really ever thought about because we've seen ourselves as print. We're, yeah, we're, predominantly, we're, yeah. Um, so we sort of asked ourselves a bit that, that question for a little while um, and realized that actually, maybe if you're on a flight or you're traveling, yeah. you don't want to take a book with you. So we thought we'd start to experiment a bit with with the digital version. So now you can all EP subscribers get the back issues. Yeah. As yeah. So
1: even if you join now and get EP three through the post, you'll get access to one and two digitally. Yeah.
2: yeah exactly. Cool. Yeah. yeah. There's um, a few. Downloads as well available.
1: Yes, I have this, the backdrop on my computer
2: right now. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, and also there's just some exclusive offers of everything. Misspent Summers. Yeah, yeah, super um,
1: nice. All the merch, all the books, everything from the history the of discounts. Misspent. Yeah,
3: yeah. It's just giving a bit of extra value to people who've subscribed to EP, obviously.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it was it's a bit of work to build it, but actually it's it's something we can yeah. give quite easily. Yeah. And it's, yeah, hopefully more valuable to the subscribers.
1: Super nice. Love it. All right, let's um, talk a little bit about the state of the sport, I guess, and the racing side of things. So that's what all three of us follow with a fair amount of uh, focus and passion. And you've been at the Lenshide round, Pietra round, and here in Leegang. And obviously Morgan's been out racing in uh, the first two rounds in uh, Tasmania. Massive change this year, hey? Like, huge change from Red Bull supported to Warner Brothers Discovery. Uh, And to give fair dues to the people involved a huge amount of work to get from picking up everything involved in a World Cup. Like, if you're ever on-site at a World Cup, just take some time to think about all of the logistics, the infrastructure, the setup, the organisation, everything that has to get done. I have zero idea how they... Do it. Um, not an easy task, <laughs> to pick up and like.
3: We were just looking at some of the banners uh, up in the um, finish area here in Leogang the other day. That go all around the goal round finish area, and we we're thinking that's got to be done for every event for the whole year, however many events that is. Yeah. Um, can you imagine that? Just that one thing, just one one that seems trivial, just putting up some banners, but you've got to have the right length of banners with all the right branding on them produced on site put up in place that in itself sounds like <laughs> yeah, too much an work. overwhelming task <laughs> yeah and that's just some banners with the uh, with their logo on them. yeah and you think oh my god so much stuff um yeah we don't envy them in the slightest <laughs> i wonder how many staff they've got on site here. it must be into the hundreds just to get all that done. i hope so but uh, i mean yeah definitely yeah but it definitely seems like all of them are working doing sort of several roles they've all got various different hats on yeah um all looking like they could do with some sleep could probably do with some sleep <laughs> um but all obviously really yeah invested personally in it yeah cuz they're doing that and even if they're telling us that they're a bit tired and stuff like that everything's getting done yeah and uh, we were in Heidi last week for the first downhill round and cross country round second cross country round And from where we were standing the event was slick exciting everything happened as it should have done Mm -hmm. there was a couple of little schedule changes during the week but apart from that it was amazing yeah so yeah hats off to them
1: yeah it's a good start for sure i think like there's definitely some big improvements to be made but i said earlier it feels like all the infrastructure is in place like all the screens and everything on site look really good the the like finish arch for the cross country has got a screen all the way up the sides and across the top and like all the graphics and stuff are great, but it feels like so far anyway, they've not been able to use all of that to its full potential. Do you think that's fair?
2: Well, I mean, from <laughs> <laughs> I'm not loaded question, band, but you're, <laughs> um, I mean, uh, yeah, I think it was like James said, I thought it was pretty slick whilst we were watching Yeah, at the event. Um, we didn't get to watch the live show, so not really sure how that okay. how that um, looked at yeah. home. Um, maybe maybe it was a bit hard to see the timing screen from where we were standing. Okay, um, but I think it was it was good. Yeah, it's
1: definitely it's definitely a good start. We were at the enduro uh, finish last night. It finished at the bottom of the downhill track, which is kind of a cool idea, I think, to get everyone there. And it was reasonably well supported I think considering it was a Thursday evening and quite late I guess most people that are working are not here yet and will come at the weekend thoughts on on the enduro side of things like it's cool bringing it in it's been ace having everyone here and like
3: loads of the downhill riders were there last night watching which was good I think long term it's going to be absolutely mega maybe they've just got so much to deal with this week that um yeah, it's a bit of a funny one because it started. It started late, basically. So, so they could do the last stage on the downhill track. Yeah, it had to the last stage of the Enduro had to be after junior downhill qualifying and finished, yeah. which meant they started really late, and it meant that it finished at nine p.m. pretty much. Yeah, um, podiums finished after nine p.m. You know, riders are tired and stuff like that, and it felt a little bit flat. Yeah, I do, I'm not forgotten about, but you know. It felt a little, a little bit of a side event, but that's. Uh-huh. But at the same time, we were saying this morning that all the downliners were out watching it, which was amazing. You got the best, like literally the top fives in the world are there. They've taken the time to stick around at the venue, yeah, and watch the end of the enduro. Considering it was so late, that was like fair play. Yeah, because they're all
1: up pretty early in the yeah, morning, all getting
3: ready to go practice and qualifying, practicing and, qualifying yeah. today. So, and they were, they took the time to hang around. And in the past, they would never have really seen the Enduro event. Yeah. Because they don't have time, obviously, to go out to EWSs in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, all in all, pretty pretty cool, I think. Yeah. And it would be good.
1: I think a lot of the EWS riders, EDR riders, sorry. Edir- <laughs> uh, the editors will be uh, up on the hill today as well, like shouting for their downhill mates. And yeah. it's been the the sort of community feel of the event I really like. Yeah. I, and the cross country riders as well. Like, there's quite Absolutely. a few friendships across all of that, and it's nice, eh?
2: Yeah, yeah, totally. And we we were watching the cross country start, and it was it was quite festival vibes actually. Yeah. When, when we bumped into you yeah. watching the cross country, and I'm like, oh, so we'll head over to the enduro after. Um, so I think that's that's great, and it's like it pulls all the sports together. Yeah. As mountain biking.
1: Yeah, definitely, and on site, like I think the experience for fans is Mm -hmm. like really going to get notched up because how like yesterday evening it was so cool because yeah you could watch under 23 short track two races literally like walk two minutes along the you know the the mountain and you've got the enduro finishing you've got all the world's top downhillers there like and it's so like you go to you know a big motorsport event or whatever you don't get anywhere near any of these people but last night everyone was there you could have walked up to any rider had a chat you know Shared a drink, whatever. Like
3: it was, it was super cool, eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We were saying yesterday that we, it's hard for us to really judge it because we're involved in the bike industry. So to really judge it from a, even though we're massive fans, yeah. To really judge it from a fan's point of view is hard, but then trying to take yourself out of it and think, okay, if I was coming here purely as a fan, what would this be like? And it would be incredible, I think. Like you said, you, if, well, you can get into most of this for free, but even if you if you buy a day pass, or like you had you bought a day pass in Heidi. yeah, you've just got stuff going on all day. Yeah, it's exhausting. Yeah, I bet. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Well, so today
3: you've As got a spectator. Yeah, you've got
1: both the elite short tracks to watch. You've got downhill qualifying elites to watch. Yeah. You've got the junior race to watch. That's packed. That's just yeah. a Friday, and then well, Saturday you've got semis, practice, yeah. racing. Like well, on Thursday even,
3: yeah, you got the enduro going on. You have got junior qualifying. Um, under twenty three short track yeah. cross country, um, oh was packed days. I think in um yeah. Well, like you said, we were in there for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, so we didn't have the sort of um, junior qualifying day. But just Friday in itself was packed, wasn't it, with stuff? Yeah. Uh, with the elite short track cross country, yeah downhill qualifying, junior finals. Bonkers. Yeah. And then Saturday with now with the new semi-finals in downhill plus finals. We got stuck in one position, didn't we? Because we had a good spot in the finish <laughs> area for semi-finals. And then we were like, oh, we don't want to move. And it goes, roll straight into finals. And in the end we were standing there for about six, six, seven hours, weren't we? Just constant stuff going on. It was wicked.
1: Yeah, that is pretty special, isn't it? And I think like once, once the whole, new, like the organisation beds in and they know how it like how it functions for them more then i think i guess we'll start to see them have a bit more bandwidth and be able to use some of this infrastructure that's dotted around to like yeah. really even then increase the experience on site and uh like the screens last night it would have been nice to have seen a little bit of the i don't know the last few turns in the woods of the edr and be able to see a bit better like what's going on in the race and stuff but it, it's there it's just like i feel like they needed just a little bit more headroom and yeah, room to breathe to be able to like get that stuff added in.
3: Yeah, it's a little bit hectic, I think, because it's all so new for them. Right, like, obviously running these is all new. Yeah. The um, ESO obviously track record of running really good events with EWS. Yeah. Um, and various other things. Um, but still, loads to learn. Um, but it's pretty much flawless already. Um, from a fan point of view, at least. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I'm sure they'll just keep improving. I think that's the thing with sort of we've been talking about it as well i with there's obviously two sides to the changes this year and there's the organization and the broadcast yeah eso they're an organ event organizer mm-hmm. and that's i've like said a couple of little things to iron out like schedules being changed sort of late at nights maybe a bit yeah tricky for riders and media and mm-hmm. teams yeah but it's pretty small and it all works. It's all worked well. Yeah. Um, and then the broadcast is kind of a different... We're seeing that as a different team, which mm-hmm. is Warner Bros Discovery. Yeah. Um, definitely a few things to iron out there by the sound of things. Yeah. But on the whole, seems pretty good already.
1: Yeah, I think like from my perspective, and they might have already made these changes for this weekend, who knows, obviously we haven't seen the live broadcast yet, but a few simple things like colour in the split time in green or red... Maybe getting back to showing the split time comparisons that we had previously with Red Bull, of where they used to show the current leader in the last run, so you can see like where people gained or lost, like just little things like that, I think that just add some insight into the broadcast will will massively help, and i don't I would assume they're not that hard to do. You just need someone that can program them and bring the graphics up and wait, I'm making that sound way easier than it is probably but. <laughs> ask i don't know chat gpt to do it or something but <laughs> gary will do it when's yeah. chat gpt going to start writing all the uh, books though it does already yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why we're so relaxed nowadays. <laughs> yeah. just got ai running the whole show yeah, yeah. do you, have you thought about it though because it's
3: it's pretty amazing what it can do it's kind of scary eh? but in all serious non-seriousness um <laughs> Like we call ourselves an old tech company usually because we just do like everything that we're not meant to, which is like doing print. <laughs> yeah, uh, against the grain. Instead said doing, being, uh, sort of trying to be considering what we do instead of just pumping it out there. Um, uh, but this is a funny side story, <laughs> um, <laughs> recently had a... Um, Someone, a university student um, doing part of their uni project, wanting to sort of get a bit of insight into our company. Okay. Um, They're a big mountain bike fan, uh, know our books and stuff like that. And they're actually looking at us in terms of innovation. Okay. Which we found hilarious because we're (laughs) just like, well, don't we just do the opposite of that? All the (laughs) old stuff. (laughs) Yeah. But actually, we do. even though we do kind of old tech stuff, we always try and, uh, yeah, sort of I wouldn't I don't know how to say it. You're doing it in a modern way, don't you? Right? Yeah. Way. We're trying to be efficient, we're trying to be productive all the time. Um and anything that can help us with that without being naff. Yeah. Um we'll definitely use. So yeah.
1: Yeah, watch this space for the future of AI.
3: Yeah, I mean <laughs> I don't know about writing stuff because uh, that would be that would be a red card, I think. Uh-huh. Um, doesn't feel just, right, does it? No. But just in terms of helping us be efficient. We do all our own website stuff, like running the website, building the website, so it can help us with that. For sure, yeah. It can write um, code pretty well these days. Yeah, and that's another great thing. Like That's the thing with with um, people being able to do their own media and their own companies now. Like I think that's great. Like, it just makes it a little bit easier for the smaller companies to compete with the bigger companies. Yeah. And that's we definitely fall into the microscopic company bracket. Yeah. So we'll do our best to make the most of, yeah, make use most of, of it. Any tools mm-hmm. we can get, yeah, definitely. That's
1: how kind of how I feel. Um, ben, tell us a bit about Finale Workspace because this is like a fairly recent development in the Misspent Summers world.
2: Yes, exactly. We've I uh, don't really know how to describe it other than a vibey place yeah. to hang out. I hope um, it's something that Chris from Chris from Accounts, he and, and Theo, we've. We have created it all together, and so Chris from Accounts, Theo, and Miss Spent Summers. Uh-huh. It's a co-work space, but also our HQ where we we get together and bike ride and think, ponder, nice, um, get basketball, drink, drink tea, yeah, drink tea, yeah, uh, eat biscuits. Um, but you can you can rent a desk, drop in. Uh, it's we've had a few people that have stayed for a month okay. where they. They're kind of doing working holidays. Yeah. So they get the last lift up, do some biking. Uh, we always do like a lunchtime ride, stuff like that. Nice. And um, where, whereabouts in Finale are you? Pretty central? Or? We're between the old town and uh, the beach. Okay. So it's a, it's a little bit quiet on a side street. Yeah. Which is, it's nice. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah close to all the trails yeah so if people
1: google finale workspace they'll find it yeah so if basically if you're going on on a holiday slash working trip yeah if to you, need,
2: finale. you need an excuse <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a good place that you can rent a desk and still do some work whilst you're away nice and you've got all the misspent stuff in there i guess if people
1: are on holiday in finale and they want to grab some print or merch or whatever
2: yeah yeah exactly yeah um Yeah, we've got a bookshelf with all of our stuff and clothes rail um, and just loads of other magazines that we think are cool as well. So, sofas, just to hang out. Nice. um, We've had a few people just coming in and say, can I just come and read the old dirt magazines? And someone just sat on the sofas for the afternoon and read some old dirts.
1: That's pretty cool. It's yeah. nice to have the space, though, isn't it? To have people that love what you love kind of come and hang out. It's yeah. It's pre- pretty special.
2: Yeah, and we meet super interesting people as well. Yeah. Throughout. And you've had a few professional
1: riders through as well. Like, quite a lot of people now come to Finale for a bit of training, so... Yeah. Seen a fair
2: few swing by. Yeah, they drop in, say hi, want to just have a look at, at the office. We have all the books printed up on the walls as yeah. well. As we As we work on them, we get all the pages printed out so we can see how it all flows together. Yeah. So would um, you
1: would you potentially get a sneak peek of some of the yearbooks if you went this summer while you were in finale? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> if
1: you want a want a top secret sneak peek,
2: it's yeah, place to be. No photos in the meeting room, but <laughs> <Is> that <laughs> no cameras
1: allowed? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Top secret. Cool. Yeah. Um, what else is going on? Any other like future plans for Misspent Summers that you guys want to talk about? Anything you want
3: to share? Often on a going back to EP. Downtime EP. Uh, something I wanted to say earlier and uh, forgot. Um, was that kind of part of the goal of that is to? Uh, f- well, part of the goal at start as well and throughout is that you have load like a fantastic audience of people who love your stuff. We wanted to give them something in three D. Yeah, and also something to buy into uh, that they can get a physical sort of um, product back from it. And what we want to do is we want to. Uh, the dream would be that that actually supports the podcast a bit as well uh-huh. in the future. Um, it's not really profitable at the moment, but yeah. if we get more subscribers to it, it and, more, and more subscribers means more industry support as well, then it will actually help just sustain the podcast. Yeah, definitely. So that's a tangent that I wanted to say. I'm kind of some... keen to sustain the podcast. So I buy into that. <laughs> cool. cool, <laughs> cool. And like we said, creating something in print like and you know, physical products that people can buy. Um, it means that you, you've got it at home and you can kind of tell your friends about it as well and yeah. show them a little bit what it's about.
1: Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Definitely. And it's it's also really nice for like, to see how stoked everyone that is somehow involved in it, like both the contributors, but also the riders. Like they they see so many photos of themselves on social media and all that sort of stuff. But it's amazing how stoked they are when they actually see something in print. Like uh, quite a few riders have yeah got in touch to say how how good it is and like they're super stoked to be involved so just that element of it's really nice
3: Hmm. ep and like yeah all our yearbooks as well it's amazing sometimes we think like we said we keep saying we do old tech and we reference dirt magazine quite a lot and then we're like actually you know what a lot of the new generation of Top downhill World Cup racers. <laughs> yeah. Might not have even heard of Dirt Magazine. Which yeah, is, uh, that's funny. crazy, eh? But, for instance, um, we sent some books to Jordan Williams. Yeah. This winter, and he wrote a really nice message, thanking us for them. Uh, loved them. Yeah. And you think, okay, actually, it's still relevant. Yeah, 100%. If it's, if it's done well, it's yeah. absolutely relevant. Um, so that's cool. Yeah, good. In a good place.
1: And it's ace to see, like even in the small amount of time that I've known you guys and been involved to some extent in what you're doing, like seeing how much it's grown and the fact that it's facilitating you guys to take a wage and get more and more focused on this. Well, all right. A little bit, (laughs) some pocket money. (laughs) Um, Yeah. It's ace. I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes from here and watching it. Yeah. Watching it grow and thrive over the years, the many years that it was going to be going for. For Um, Let's just recap on where people can find all this stuff. So, at Miss Spent Summers.
3: On Instagram, yeah, Miss Spent Summers. Yeah. Or then go to Mm-hmm. And the best thing you can possibly do is to sign up to the newsletter. Yeah. And um, we try not to spam you with, any, with anything. It's But we do send out notes, newsletters. We sometimes send out um, kind of just roundups of what's going on in our world and the part of mountain biking that we really like yeah um maybe do a little bit of product news in there um that's the best way we really for people to follow us because go into your inbox you can have a quick peek while you're pretending to work <laughs> um, um yeah that's it and then also meeting us at events and just coming and saying hello is the best thing or dropping into finale workspace if you're in finale liquor yeah um that's the best thing, really. It's that's the most rewarding for us is to actually meet people and they know what we do.
2: I mean, that's the mind-blowing part of it.
3: It's cool, eh?
1: Yeah, <laughs> very nice. All right, Ben, you want to add something?
2: I was just going to say. Also, any feedback on it's brilliant to hear yeah. from people, and we most definitely haven't thought of everything. Okay. So anyone that has any feedback, it'd be it's more than welcome. Is there the a,
1: is there a best place for them to direct that feedback? Like. What's the easiest for you?
2: Um, either to myself or James on Instagram or on on the website yeah. contact form. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. Or reply to an email and we'll we'll get it. Yeah,
1: good stuff. All right. Well, we should go and watch some uh, people throwing themselves down hills on mountain bikes. It's an, a busy day here in Gang, so we'll go and get amongst it. But yeah, thanks guys. It's it's ace what you do. It adds a huge amount of richness to this sport that we all love if people out there love mountain biking which they're probably not listening to this if they don't then definitely subscribe to the newsletter it's a it's a really cool piece of information especially around the racing side of things and then yeah just to keep up to date with the product so thanks for what you do and uh let's go get involved thank you let's go scare ourselves uh watching people go way too far down the hill (laughs) yeah definitely
3: all right cheers thank you very much chris thank you
0: all right, that's it for this episode with James and Ben. I really hope you've enjoyed it. A massive thanks to InvisiFrame for supporting this episode. If you want to keep your bike looking brand new and also make sure you get the best resale value possible when the time comes, then get your bike in InvisiFrame protected now. As a downtime listener, you can get 20% off worldwide using the code DOWNTIME20. That's DOWNTIME, all uppercase, followed by the number 20 over at invisiframe.co.uk. Also, a massive thanks to Gorewear. If you're looking for the highest quality clothing that will enable you to get out on your bike in all weather conditions, then Gorewear has got you covered with technical products that are backed with quality engineering and innovation that last the test of time. As a downtime listener, you can get 20% off the entire range until the end of August. Just use the code DOWNTIME20 at the checkout over on Gorewear.com. This offer works in both the US and EU web stores. That's downtime, all in capitals, followed by the number 20 at Gorewear.com. Also, don't forget, if you want to help support the podcast, then the best way to do that is by heading over to patreon.com forward slash downtime podcast and setting up the small donation. If Patreon doesn't work for you, then there's a few other things you can do to help out too, like telling your friends about the show, sharing the episodes on your social media, and leaving a review in Apple Podcasts. We also have t-shirts, sweatshirts, and hoodies available over at downtimepodcast.com forward
1: slash shop.
0: There's loads more great stuff coming your way over the course of 23, so make sure you're following the podcast by hitting that button in your podcast app now, or head into downtimepodcast.com forward slash follow. You can also get a bit of extra downtime by signing up to our newsletter at downtimepodcast.com forward slash newsletter. All right, that's it for today. We're going to have another awesome episode coming up really soon. But until next time, get out and ride.